I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. What's going on, everybody at home? It's your boy Cody Mack with another episode on What's the Word? Sitting here in the building, I got, uh, I want to say one of my favorite artists, um, none other than the legendary Vic Mensa. What's going on? What you got? Peace, man. What's going on? Man, everything's good, man. On the left of me, I got my homegirl, Coley J, one of the best writers, up-and-coming writers in the city. <laughs> you know what I mean? She doing her thing. All right, so I want to, um, I'm going to get complete transparency while we in this interview, guy, right? So I don't get nervous when I do interviews at all, right? But this is probably the first one that I ain't sleep. <laughs> Only because, like, when I first got into this music thing and started wanting to do interviews and stuff like that, like, you was one of the, like, literally, I got a list of people that I'm like, yo, I got to talk to, and you was one of the people that I want to talk to. So I got out. I appreciate you for having me, man. I'm glad we put it together, you know what I'm saying? It's been a long time coming. It has been a, a long time coming. Um... So I'm guessing we're gonna we're gonna start because you like usually when I talk to people it's like yo who you from where you from like you don't need no introduction everybody know where you from you know what I'm saying what you do um, so I'm guessing what we're gonna start with is Vic how you feeling today brother I feel good today man you know what I'm saying I feel excited about uh, music that I've been making I've just been locked in the studio you know what I mean I slept in the studio the last couple days so I'm a little bit tired. Cause I mean I slept on a studio couch, um, but you know what I'm saying. I, I, I was going through all my all my new songs and things I've been recording. I do everything myself. You know what I mean? Like record myself, um, I engineer myself, make a lot of the beats, so it could be like I'm in my own world. You know what I mean? So um, when I get the chance to go through it, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and like be like, oh. I actually been doing something, you know. This is actually some hot shit, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So that that feels good, and uh, and I'm glad to be home, you know what I mean, because I'm I'm focusing, you know what I'm saying. I, I went to uh, South Africa very recently. Oh yeah, we definitely get into you that. Know what I mean, and that was that was you know good reset just being on the continent. But I'm glad to be home now. Okay, all right, so. We're going to unpack some things that you just said, though, right? All right, so first thing is I actually saw you in action 
Um, actually, I think I got you, reason I got your line is I saw you at L Crib. We was at DJ yep. L Crib yeah, over the yeah, summer, yeah. and you was in there. And I actually saw you doing your little thing. And shout out to L, that's my little bro. Um, I saw you doing your thing, mixing and masterless, going through beats. So I seen you on your vibe. Um, so you just got back home, right? Um, so South Africa. I want to say, God, like I've been watching some of the interviews and stuff that you was doing out there. And that was some of the, I think they probably know you more than anybody. That was crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, I did one podcast, you know, um, it was called Sobering Podcast. Yeah. And these guys, they knew everything about all the music I've ever made. You know, that was pretty crazy. And, you know, it showed me like the power of, uh, power of this music shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I wasn't expecting to be like, this 26 hours, you know what I mean? I'm flying 26 hours to get there. I wasn't expecting to get there and then be walking through the streets of the hood, you know, in Soweto mm -hmm. and motherfuckers be like, oh, that's Vic Mensa right there, you know? Mm -hmm. He in our hood, <laughs> you know? So you leave the hood to go to the hood, that's what's up. <laughs> you know, South Africa is interesting because um, a, a portion of the population is living just like we are, you right. know what I'm saying? As black people that are dressing in designer clothes and driving horns and you know what I'm saying? Like having shit. Um, and then there's also like extreme poverty. You know what I mean? It surpasses maybe the the look and feel of our poverty in that they living in straight shacks made out of metal, you know, metal mm -hmm. walls and metal roof. Um, but it's all close to each other. So it kind of, in a way, is reminiscent of our situation, but the disparity is a little more extreme. Okay. Mm. Mm. I wanna, um, like I said, I'm gonna be complete transparent with you um, on this interview, right? So when I first seen you doing the Africa thing, right, going to Africa, I know your, your dad is Ghanaian, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I saw you doing that, and I'm just peeping the whole thing, and I'm like, yo, is, 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 is Vic really going home, or is Vic trying to do a rollout? And I remember talking to my guy, uh, Derek, about <laughs> That'd be it. That's the thought process these days. Right. Yeah, because yeah. it's like, yo, this is him rolling out the new Vic Mensa. Um, I mean, you deleted all your shit off Instagram, right? So, and I was talking to Derek, shot lottery about it. Um, and I'm like, yo, what's, what's, what Vic got going on with that? Because it's like, he too powerful of a brother to me to be using, you know what I'm saying, going home to Africa to be a, a rollout. So I wanted, I wanted to know what was your thought process? Did you even get any type of feedback, anybody come at you or had those type of thoughts when you started doing this? No, nah, I never thought about that. Um, I don't think I had a like a project I was rolling out. I think I was I was done with the project that I take. Mm -hmm. And um, I had just left the studio doing the master or the mixing, you know, so we still had to do the mastering. And I'm back. I'm in Africa, back and forth on the phone with Just Blaze, trying to figure that joint out. But really, I was going to Ghana because I felt a calling. You know what I mean? I felt a calling from like my ancestors, from my grandmother, and you know, deep lineage. Kind of, mm -hmm. I felt like they was reaching out to me and telling me, you know, we see you, we are here, we can help you. You know what I'm saying? And that's literally how I felt. You know, mm -hmm. and so. So I booked that trip, kind of spur of the moment, and went out to Ghana, dolo, um, without an agenda, really, and just ended up being there for like a month, you know what I'm saying? Because my father is from there, 
And the main thing, you know what I mean, that I really took away from it was like realizing how privileged I am to mm -hmm. have that direct link to my ancestry. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, how we grow up, nobody knows where they're from. You know what I mean? Exactly. And, and James Baldwin says, you know, know where you're from. If you, if you know where you're from, there's no limitations to where you could go, you mm -hmm. know? But so often we as black Americans, it's like we in no man's land, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm lucky that I have that direct connection. So I just have been realizing that I need to uh, tap into it. That is a source of strength, you know what I mean? To tap in and, you know, and get that energy and that power from Africa, from the continent, you know? Right. Mm. I've, um, that's crazy you say that, right? Because after my initial thought of it being that I think you was rolling out something, I realized something, and as it was one of the interviews you did, I think it was with the pop radio um, over there in South Africa. Mm. Um, you really using hip-hop, hip-hop culture to bridge the gap between the Black American and Africa. And and you were saying in that interview, and it's just something that we always been preaching over the years a lot, is that if Black America and, Af and the people from Africa and all the different countries, if they get together, like minds, they start, you know, what I'm saying leveraging their power, we could we could take over shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we could go crazy. We could go crazy, honestly. And just it's just crazy how like how hip hop culture can be that bridge. Cause I I seen how like yo they fuck with us over there. They know everything that we got going on down to the nitty gritty, like the deep details. And so that's that's what I've been talking about. Like I did a TED talk recently for TED Accra. Accra is the capital of Ghana. Mm -hmm. And I was just kicking it like Africans by 2050 will be a quarter of the world's population. You know, that's a gigantic strength in numbers. African-Americans, well, we're the creators of culture. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? We're the single most influential cultural force on the planet, I mm -hmm. would say. You know what I mean? And so co combining that influence of culture that's touching every corner of the globe with the pure mass in numbers, you know what I'm saying, and in resources, we could really be going crazy. There's so many people in Africa that it's like when we start building businesses in Africa mm -hmm. and collaborating with African businesses, bringing that shit back here, that's that's open ourselves up on both ends to a whole new pool of resources and possibility. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What type of... Uh what type of resources or any type of business endeavors that you, you, you've came across since you was over there for the month? Man, something I've been working on with some of my guys here is um, doing a situation where we take some shorties from, from the land to Ghana, you know, probably mm -hmm. like high school age. Um, when you were that age, when you might drop out of school or mm -hmm. you might, you know, play the block or you might, you know, look for something bigger. And um, so thinking about a project like that, on that end, obviously I've been doing the music. Yeah, you know I mean, that's really where it starts, I feel. It's like, so I've been collaborating with, you know, pretty much all the guys in Ghana, all the all the artists. There's a few more that I haven't, that I haven't tapped in with, you know what I'm saying? But mm -hmm. most of the biggest ones I've been connecting with um, and building collaboration in that way as well as, you know, doing the same thing in South Africa. I actually met, when I was in South Africa, I met um, 
a husband and wife who own the largest cannabis cultivation situation in Africa. Mm -hmm. You know, um, they figured out something where they're growing weed on sand. But some, I don't know exactly how they're doing it, but yo, grass grows on sand, no? At the beach. So that was the man's whole like mentality was like so they figured it out how to in, how to put certain nutrients and things into the sand and growing weed on sand they're going crazy mm. you know and so I've been doing the working on the cannabis thing on this end so I definitely plan to you know build that bridge and connect that bridge and also working with like fashion brands you know what I'm saying some of my guys in Ghana um, they got a brand called Free the Youth mm-hmm. um, it's super dope. Just young energy. Virgil be fucking with them. X Y Z, you know. And um, so you know, what I mean, we gonna do like some capsule collaboration things, and uh, just collaborating, man. Just collaborating, you know, from here to there. So you making yourself an international, a quote unquote, international hustler, bro. <laughs> Uh, that's, all, that's all that went on here. And that's what I I'm like hearing. that though. International hustler. That is the way to go about it, though. <laughs> like you know. Got to make the hustle international. <laughs> you gonna see that in his bio now. <laughs> international, international hustle. That's a perfect bio. <laughs> no, because that's what he's doing. Is like he's going back to his roots. You know, uh, utilizing the resources there, bringing a culture that he's have here, and you know, prospering. And then I even prospering in a way where he's like a vulture from. I see like you. What you're doing is is that you're going to shine light to the, like you say, like shorties from the land. Like you're going to shine lights to them here and show them like, yo, we can do this. This You can do this here. And I want, like I say, once we get that shit bigger than Chicago, bigger than the Bigger United than States, the block. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's, like, and that's what I, that's what I'm trying to, try to preach to people is that, man, this world is so much bigger than your block. It's bigger than your neighborhood. It's bigger than your city. You know what I'm saying? And uh, as we take trips and, you know, we go to LA and we go to New York and then we go to the Bahamas and then we go, you know, maybe to Europe. Um, Africa's always last on the list, you know, but it does, it, it's not gonna cost you necessarily more to go to Ghana, even or South Africa, than it would cost you to go spend a solid week at a hotel in LA, you know, flights included, because the cost of life is so much cheaper. So I got a round trip ticket to Johannesburg, South Africa for $700. Mm. I got a round trip ticket to Accra for $900. Mm. And when I'm there, I'm spending $2 in Ubers. You know what I mean? That's across the city. You probably staying somewhere for 20 bucks a night. You wow. know, it's like you could really do it. Um, and it doesn't have to break the bank. It just takes that. It just takes um, initiative and being like, I want to do this. You know what I mean? No, that's real. I'm like, think about it like that. I never thought about it like that. Nah, it's it, possible. It's just as possible as going and, and busting that Miami trip. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. And this is why I fuck with Vic. I just always want to sit with him and just and just chop it up with him because Vic to me is cause we come from pretty much the same hood. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm born and raised on 45th, you know what I'm saying? I were yeah. 45th or what? Uh Drexel. Oh, okay, that's yeah. what's up, man. That's <laughs> Corey House was right on my cousin. He lived right on 45th and Drexel. So you lived right across the street from King. Yeah, I went to high school with King. You went to King? I mean, you had to. You lived at King. Yeah. Yo, I remember one time, man, we was posted up like in high school, um, smoking outside of King. And we just turned and looked down Drexel. So we on 45th, like exactly. And we turned and looked down Drexel so towards 47th. And there was this gigantic group of niggas fighting coming towards us. You know what I mean? Like, mm. 
it was so many. That's exactly what. So the homie turned to me. It was like some some scary movie shit. You know, he turned to me. He was like, "Gee, it's so many niggas." <laughs> 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 I swear to God, they was in a gigantic fight. They mamas and everything. Everybody was involved. Shit, what year was this? Damn. This, this well, that's that's getting that 2000. I got to take this off. You right, I was hot. <laughs> that's how old you. That's getting that 2010. Okay. Yeah, man. That 2010. I spent a lot of time over there, though, man. Just like, because my cousin lived directly on that block, so we used to be right there. Okay, well, I was gonna say it was a little earlier than that. That was probably, uh, probably guys, that was probably us, but 2010, I was away. Uh, so shit, we gonna, since we at the high school now, right? Now, everybody knows about save money, you know what I'm saying? What what y'all did and how y'all accomplished it. I wanted you to go into detail because I feel like that was so, so did y'all understand at a young age what y'all had, like a crew? Like taking over high schools, you know what I'm saying? Doing music, selling tickets, merchandise. Did y'all understand what y'all had at that point in that period of time? I believe, I believe so. You know what I'm saying? We we was always plotting on international hustling. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like we definitely always um, had had a vision. You know, individually and and separately. And um, you know what I'm saying? Being in high school and having that. Kind of, I always looked at it as like a built-in uh, fan base. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Because I'm in Whitney Young. Whitney Young is a big school, so that that's a few thousand people already. Yeah. You know, and if I can get 20 percent of these people to buy the tickets to my show, well, I already sold a couple hundred tickets. You know what I mean? To buy my mixtape, I already got a couple hundred fans right there. Then they got friends, and I have friends at Kenwood and at King. And at Lane Tech and at Lincoln Park and, you know, some of the private schools and uh, St. Ignatius and lab school, you know. So I, I always looked at it as like a network, you know, in that way. And then when we were in high school, I feel like that's when Twitter began to, you know, really be prevalent. Mm-hmm. So it got easy to be like, jump on there and be like, OK, respond to this with your school, whichever school hit us up the most. That's who we're going to pull up on. You know, so that's mm-hmm. what we used to do is like, you know, if we got the most tweets back from Kenwood, then we'd be like, all right, we're going to go to Kenwood Monday, then King on Tuesday, and then, you know, Lincoln Park on Wednesday, and all the school days. And we have them filled up and go over there and, and just, you know, trap, sell the mixtapes, posters, tickets. Um, and so we would do that for my projects. We would do that shit for Chance projects. For Kizzy's Days projects, and we would, it was kind of the same group of people that, you know what I mean, would move around. Um, and yeah, it was that, that was the movement. Mm-hmm. So, y'all out here trapping, going to these different high schools. So, y'all was rock stars before, as teenagers. We was catching rock star vibes as teenagers, man. You know, it was fun too, you know, like selling out Metro and, you know, big venues mm-hmm. and being a teenager and crowd surfing and all that, you know, having groupies, it was cracking, you know? <laughs> I, I just want, I, you touched on the groupies. I was going to ask you about that. Like, so you a teenager, you in, you, in, you in Chicago. So, you know, we grow up quick. I feel like right. Chicago, we grow up quick. You know what I'm saying? We Super jump off quick. the porch, 
12 years old. You know what I'm saying? 12 years old. <laughs> so, like, how was that? Like, what was some of your crazy experience with the ladies man, in high school, being Vic Mensa, you know what I'm saying? Kid these days, you know what I'm saying? Save money. Man, crazy experience. Uh, one time we had a, we had a fucking, we had a show at the Metro, and then we had an after party at this place on, like, Damon. And, um, man, I remember, I think we were seniors in high school at this point in time. Okay. And so we had a show at the Metro, then we had the after party on Damon. And I was in the back, like, in the back of this, didn't really seem like a crib, but I guess now that I look back, it was a crib with a courtyard in the front. I'm in the back, some back room, like, garage-type area, getting some head. And the man <laughs> who crib it is come into the come into the area, into the room where I'm at, and he seemed to be upset that I'm getting some head in his... <laughs> he seemed to be upset. <laughs> in the back, you know. And um, it was like a garage, you know what I mean? He seemed to be upset. And next thing I know, the man swing on me while I'm still getting some head. You feel me? So I'm, I'm, I'm like... I'm like Punch him back. I gotta pull my pants up. I start looking around the garage for some shit. I'm like, man, I'm gonna hit this nigga with some shit. You know what I mean? I'm picking up like metal rods and like, God, swinging shit, you know? And But then it occurred to me, I was like, what the fuck up, I'm deep as hell. I just stepped outside. I was like, yeah, yeah. Motherfuckers came back. We was clown chasing this man through his home up and down the stairs. Oh my God. That was funny. That was, I can't even, you know, I can't even get too deep into it though because i was i was extra reckless my whole life but especially <laughs> in that type of time man. oh man that's that, yeah you're a wild boy for that one <laughs> you're definitely a wild boy so you live in that rock star experience as a kid and just being able to uh capitalize off your uh experience you and your guys in these schools um i always know i always wonder why you guys never really started like the save money label yeah, man. You know, we never really started a label um, because just we ended up having divisions. You know what I mean? And now we're really closer than ever. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now, now we locked in, and you know what I mean. And all those things are in conversation. But you know, as you know, Channel got on, and and I got on, and we was just kind of divided. You know what I'm saying? And you know, we uh, there was points in time when we was almost split into like two sides, almost. You know what I mean? It's mm. like, you know, fuck with, fuck with this person over here, or fuck with this person over here. Even though we all grew up together from like, you know, right. age thirteen or something. Some of us twelve, some of us since age five. And so it was always it was way before music or any type of business. So putting business structure to it, you know, was always kind of difficult because of egos and relationships being deeper than some music shit you know what i mean and not mm-hmm. they're not being like a, uh like an og to it you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's not like you know i know other situations where it's been like you know somebody uncle was involved that was you know kind of managing situations we ne- we didn't have any we never had nothing like that we never even our managers was like kids that you know what i mean were our age like mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, that, 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 that was just a lack of unity at times. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm, we actually touched on that too quick for me, but since we here, um, like keeping it in the conversation, God, um, so being a fan of yours and like how you say the division, like 
as fans, we not saying we paid attention to that shit. You know what I'm saying? We seen that it was it was friction. Um, even to the point where I seen um you can speak on say if y'all didn't do it, but I feel like you and Chance was throwing subs at each other in y'all raps. It was all type of stupid shit going on, you know? And one thing I learned um is just that when you coming up and things seem to be so serious, everything seems like so important at the time, man. A lot of that shit ain't about shit. The shit that really matters is, you know, connection between family and, and friends and loved ones, you know what I mean? And and the, the people that you care about and that you grew up with, that shit is so much more important than all that industry shit. But all that industry shit can confuse you, you know what I mean? And, and make you feel like it's far more valuable than it really is, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And so there was definitely points in time when, you know, it was, I was saying reckless shit, shit that I just, shit that I would not even, shit that would never cross my mind now, but being like, you know, being 22 and being on some hot boy shit and, you know, geeked up, I was definitely off a lot of shit and just moving fast. Um, you could lose sight of like, you know, what what's really important at this point in time, it's like, um, you know, we just, we together and more connected than ever. You know what I mean? And I see that. And I, I guess, I guess want to know, cause I seen on the internet, I think like y'all, a few, all y'all guys, y'all went out to eat. Y'all just like went out on a little brunch and stuff like that. And y'all was just y'all, you know what I'm saying? Politicking. I want to know what, what, what led to y'all getting that bond back together? And like sitting down, like we got to be bros and we got to get this out. We got to work this out. Just time, time and, uh, and growth, you know what I'm saying? I feel like everybody has grown and time does that. Time gives you perspective, you know what I mean? About what's really important and I can't stress it enough. You know, when when I first got into this shit and I'm, you know, flying around with Kanye around the world and all this shit, the things that I thought were important at that point in time, um, some of them were misguided, you know? And mm-hmm. as, as time passed, um, both myself and, and the rest of the guys, it's like, I think priorities, our priorities shifted. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And you come to realize that those 15 year bonds that you got with people that you can't, they can't just be replaced. You know what I mean? And I lived in LA a lot. I live in a land now, but I lived in LA many times. Mm-hmm. Um, I just moved back about a year ago. And, you know, when I'm in LA, it's like, I got people that I'm around, but it's not people that are willing to tell me no. You know what I mean? People that are willing to really tell me the truth mm-hmm. in a lot of situations because, you know, they we, our relationship is a couple years old, two years old. It's not like being home with my guys that I've known for 15 years that it's like if I step in the room wearing some whatever crazy shit I'm wearing, they're going to be like, boy, boo that ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what you wearing? That's right. Nah, that's real. That's real. Um, yo, yo, back from a quick commercial break. If y'all watching and if y'all listening, that's where your ad can go. Just rock with us, rock with what's the word, place your ad right there. All right, so I'm back with Vic, right? So Vic, you was just talking about the whole LA move and, and coming back to the career. Um, I wanna say we miss you back home, you know? You know? And the reason why I say we miss you and we need a 
person like you here because you're like to me this is why i was intrigued about you because i feel like you was that that middle piece like you understand the streets you know what i'm saying you understand the, the one part of chicago but you understand the other side mm. you know what i'm saying like we come from two different i feel like chicago is split even with black culture split into two right, right you know right. what i mean so somebody that's smart as you but be able to articulate words and like be able to talk to different people is like it gave me like like how Pac was, you know what I'm saying? And I felt like you coming back to the crib and you getting your grassroots and you just fucking with people and just moving there. I feel like that was needed because I don't want to name drop no no shade to a lot of other people, but it's like some people are just they one sided, like they they good over here mm-hmm. and or they good over here. I right. feel like you was always that piece and it was like that can do both. Mm-hmm. So it was like yeah, Vic back. You know what I'm saying? And for a person like me, I'm just getting my spiel off for I want you to you to elaborate on what I'm saying. Is that as a person that come from the streets, all my homie streets projects and shit like that, we always needed somebody to articulate for us. You know what I'm saying? Like the shit that you say is shit I think. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's why I was like, I'll like this this the guy. Like yes, we, yes, we got we got our guy. You know what I'm saying? So I'm happy you back home, bro. Like I'm I'm pretty sure you done heard that before somebody then. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's funny, man. I was talking to Mickey Halstead yesterday. Okay. Um, shout out to Mick. Shout out to Mick. You know, somebody that's been supporting me from shit day one. So I was 17. And uh, that was something I remember he had told me. And I was reminding him. I was like, remember one time you told me, man, you know, that I understand the street shit and I understand the other, you know, the, the political shit and the other side of Chicago. And I combine those in, in the way that, you know, that I rap and the stories I mm-hmm. tell. And um, that's always been important to me. And that's a big part of me coming back to Chicago for real. And I don't I don't see myself like really moving away again. If I was to if I was to dip, I'd probably maybe go live in Africa for a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I've been thinking about purposefully shifting the narrative that you gotta leave Chicago, mm-hmm. you know, in order mm-hmm. to create something. That's why I love what y'all do, you know what I mean? Because creating infrastructure and building, you know, building things at the crib, building things in the hood, that's that's important. You know, we were always shown that anybody that was successful, as soon as that happened, they left Chicago, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was as if, it would appear as if you couldn't be successful and still be in Chicago. Um, but I don't, I don't feel like that's the truth. I think that it just takes people dedicating themselves to that and, you know, creating, um, creating things in the city, mm-hmm. uh, creating avenues and opportunities in the city. Uh, so once again, that's why I appreciate what you do. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, I just love to be home, you know, because like you said, those are the stories I tell, the story the stories of real people. Mm-hmm. And those are the people that I spend my time with. You know, by and large, most people I talk to on a regular basis or kick it with are not famous and not in the industry. You know what I mean? They in the streets for the most part or in the joint, uh, you know what I mean? Working at a real job, you know what I'm saying? Like at a juice bar or something or trapping or gang banging. It's like the people, people live in real life, people yeah. hustling, you know, in every which way, you know, going to school, everything. It's like the people that I really spend most of my time around are doing are doing real life shit and those are the stories I like to tell. You know what I mean? No, nah, that's facts. Even on this um this last tape, this I tape, it's like, you know what I mean? I, I seen you go from 
having your homie in jail, talking about his, his, you know what I'm saying, what he's going through. But then on the flip side, international again, you got you got a whole interlude. I mean, it's a track, you might know say, it's a track it's with your pops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's international, that's Ghanaian, that's, you know what I'm saying, um, what they call that shit? Um, Im- immigrant, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, so I'm first generation immigrant. Yeah. So it's so much shit within them seven tracks. Like you just gotta like that you storytelling. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's so much shit, and it's like it's bits and pieces that everybody can relate to. So you got this side of the shot. You know what I'm saying? And you got this side. You know? Yeah. So that's so. why it's like. That shit just dope to me, bro. Like, I appreciate bro. that, man. And, and you know, it's like we really just got to put it together. You know what I'm saying? Um, that's why I do so much, um, do so many things in the city, because I recognize like that when we combine our worlds, that's when we really start to be able to impact change. Mm-hmm. You know, um, ain't nobody coming to save us. You feel me? Like they point to Chicago, like. It's crazier than it's ever been, but yo, this shit was worse in the nineties, you know. All the big homies would tell you, like in the nineties, this shit was nine hundred this know what shit man? was ridiculous yeah. in the nineties. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Um, and it's still hectic, but it's like, you know, we doing work to make it better because nobody's coming to save us. Mm-hmm. So we gotta do it ourselves. That's facts. So and you um I'm gonna get to that. Uh I got some finball shit I wanna address to you too, man. Cause you be you be on some real fin shit. If people in, at the crib know about that. <laughs> I ain't gonna go into details about that. But uh I wanna address that you say you say we gotta lead or make it, but just sitting back and look at it, it's like everybody came here to get y'all. Like y'all didn't have to leave. They came here and get y'all from the dirt, from the salsa, from the chance. Like right, right, even right. you even said fucking no ID. Even he, even though he from Chicago, he came to get you. Right, like right. many yes, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Sought you out, Coach K. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying. Sought you out. So you know, you ain't got to leave Chicago to make. But I do want, I do want to know like what was the process of getting these guys like Lenny Yes to come to. You know what I'm saying. I come holler at you, like Coach K. Like, Lenny what? just called me, man. I, I think Lenny just called me, Coach K. I think Mick put us together with Coach K. Shout out to Mick again, for you that. know. Um, and I think Mick put us together with Dion too. Okay, you know what I mean. Um, yeah, Lenny called me, man. I think Lenny had heard me on Cocoa Butter Kisses. Okay, and he just you know loved what I did there, and he called me. I feel like I was on the road somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Um, but it's the truth, though. You know, people always come to Chicago to find talent, 100%. Mm-hmm. You know, the narrative is more so once some things start to move, then you got to leave. You know, uh, okay. Because most of the producers are in L.A. and Atlanta. It, it makes sense. But um, I just, you know, I, I would love to see us creating at the crib and capitalizing on the forward momentum that the city has in so many different ways. You know what I mean? Like. Chicago is, has been exploding on some startup tech shit. You know, they've been opening hubs for so many of the companies out here from the Google to I think like Grubhub or something is from over here. Um, Twitter got a little spot. You know, it, 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 we need to be involved in all that. You know what I'm saying? The cannabis shit is, is kicking off. We need to be involved in all that. Um, so all those things are on my mind as far as, you know, being stationed in Chicago. Let me ask you this, because I know you sound the Rock Nation. Um, the way you move and the way you going about shit, is any of this any advice from Hove, like being under Hove? Definitely, man. You know, Hove is is just wise. And, um, you know, there, there's many situations that he's just giving, giving me guidance that 
maybe in the moment it was like it was a little bit too late for me to use it right then because I'm like I already teed up. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? But now, you know, now now it's like I process those things better. And um, you know, hope is is somebody that just moves smart, you know. And in in my youth, yeah, you know I mean, I've I've been very um what's the word? Uh, Impulsive, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like real hectic, quick to motherfucking be get on that with a yeah. motherfucker, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and honestly, a lot of that should be a product of just like where we from and the way that you know, um, the way that we're conditioned growing up and you know coming into to an industry um, that is not the south side of Chicago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Some of the things that work for you on the south side of Chicago don't translate you know that's one thing that i have been i have been learning through this shit when i was young i used to look around and i used to be like man these niggas ain't real these ain't no real niggas you know what i'm saying um and till i come to realize being a real nigga does not necessarily add it up to success mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying um because my mentality growing up was always um man Hit his ass first, you know what I mean? Set it off. If a motherfucker take it a little bit with you, take it all away. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Just saying. take it all away because that's how I felt yeah. like I had to be, how I, how I validated myself, you know what I mean? Because yeah. I remember being a younger kid and, you know, being kind of outcast somewhere in the middle because my mom's white, my dad's African, not really understanding things and sometimes getting pushed around and picked on and then I got to be of a certain age and I realized if I just fire on a motherfucker then you know then I then I'm back in control. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um and I come into this industry kind of feeling like that. You know what I mean? Moving like that. Whether it's fire on a motherfucker with a verse of fire on a motherfucker literally. Um and all that shit don't do nothing for you. You ain't getting money like that. You know what I mean? It's not helping the bottom line. You know what I mean? Um, that's that's gonna probably be like transition to something I was uh, uh, me and Aaron over there we was talking about uh before um before you pulled up is that uh like we fans of your shit like we fuck with you but we feel like the industry is something like you getting blackballed like why you don't get that like respect and do you feel like you get the respect you deserve respect I deserve uh you know. That's that's neither here nor there, but there there have been points in time when, you know, there there's like kind of blackball energy in the industry as as it pertains to me. A lot of shit came surrounding that triple X thing. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And you know, there was a point in time when it felt like to me, I had seventy five percent, fifty percent of the motherfucker rap game talking shit about me. You know, niggas I never even heard of dissing me um, online and on their live and shit like that. And, um, you know, that situation, situation was really, really something I had to learn from, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, Because I learned that uh, what you say is often not even as important as how you say it, you know what I mean? And so my message of uh, opposition to extreme violence against women and hip hop and the toleration of it and normalization of it. The message is on point, Mm -hmm. you know, but I was too blunt with my delivery in that 
my message got completely lost because I, I touched a lot of people in a place that was very sore for them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's actually something I put in a record that, you know, I apologize to his OG and, you know, to, to, to the people that love him because um, I wasn't thinking about the impact of my words on on those people. I was just thinking about what I felt like was um, was the was the right thing to say in terms of my message. Right. You know what I mean? I was like, this is fucked up. Hip hop is always talk about beating up a bitch at all times, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And going for the shit. You can do anything. You know what I mean? And everybody gonna let it slide. So that's where my head was at, you know? And um and I'm also coming from Chicago where you know people make fun of of the dead every goddamn day. You know? And that and that's 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 some weird, dark, deep shit that we have to like unpack and process and our normal. So our normal oftentimes in Chicago is abnormal when you get outside of our uh, out of our scenario, out of our settings. Um and so, you know, just coming to, you know, get past the 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 normal of Chicago, realizing that that shit not normal in other places. I remember um I remember Fredo, you know, rest in peace. Um, when I was kicking it with him once before he passed away, he was talking about the whole trend of like smoking dead people, and you know, he was like, "Man, I ain't even getting into all that evil shit. I'm leaving that to my little homies and them, because literally that shit is evil. It's like it's yeah. bad. It's it's not good energy. At you know all. what I'm saying? Things have things have gone too far, um, and you know, I completely at times have been caught up in that, you know, and I think that since that situation, um, yeah, definitely, you know, turned a lot of people against me and, you know, blackballed me from certain festivals and shit like that. And, um, you know, it's just something that, that I learned from because I'm never going to stop being a truth teller, um, and somebody that really pushes, um, a message pushes what I believe in, mm-hmm. but I'm learning how to um, I'm learning how to be more effective as a communicator of that, you know, because mm-hmm. me just being disrespectful as shit doesn't necessarily help me to you know reach people with what it is that I have to say. Wow. You know what I mean, nah, that's real. Did you have? Did you find any like? Uh... What I well, what's what were some of the roadblocks that you're experiencing right now trying to get back? Um, man, you know, I mean, I've just been focused on the pen. You know, I feel like the roadblocks usually, for me, they they happen in these situations. You know, mm-hmm. it's like and this and the situation, they they uh, evolve past what you see. You know what I'm saying? So. When all that shit happened, it consumed me for quite a while because a lot happened surrounding it, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I was living in L.A., and my address got leaked online, and my phone number got leaked online. I, you know, I have family members, like, living with me. My sister was living with me. And so, man, it was hot, you know? It was some hot shit going on. I'm sleeping with the pistol by my head at all times, and then, you know, my address is online, and then I hear people putting some money on my head. So then I get the guys to go all the way to a whole different part of the country, you know what I mean, and handle shit and shit 
goes way further than, you know what I mean, people could fathom. Mm -hmm. um, and all that shit consumed me, you know what I mean? I mean, I, I think in that time I caught a gun case, I'm, you know, I'm not focused on rapping the best I could rap, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm, I'm, I'm focused on can I go outside without a strap right now? I probably shouldn't, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember it was it was goofy shit going on to the point where I went to um I went to the Grove. You been to the Grove in LA? Mm -hmm. I'm at the Grove one time, you know, because I used to work out down the block, man. I'm at the Grove one time, and um, you know what I'm saying? A kid comes up to me, he's like. Yo, let me take, can I take a photo with you? You know what I mean? I'm like, okay, cool. And he takes a photo. Um, to, and then I see five minutes later, he posts a photo. Um, he tagging like, you know, X, Y, Z tagging, you know, all my ops at the time and being like, just Come called on, Big sure Man Salakin at the yeah. Grove. Niggas talking about all them guns where they at. And keep in mind, I had it on me too. You Whoa. know what I mean? But it was Whoa. like, <laughs> what? It's the type of shit that people, you know, people do, and all, all that shit, you know, all that, all that shit, that confuse you and just like distract you is the word that that I'm really looking for. You know what I mean? So I try to tap out of all that stuff, and you know, just like be able to tap into my own power and you know what it is and my mission and my purpose. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? And um, and so I'm I'm just in a place where it's like I. Uh, and being conscious about doing things that further my purpose and staying away from things that will drag me down or bring me out of my purpose, you know, because it's, it's always happening. Niggas always, niggas always going to test you, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, that, that's a constant. I've been snaked by so many of my closest, you know what I mean? Mm. Some, of my, some of my closest people in recent, recent times too, but it's like if I go and act like I've acted last time, if I go and act like I did last time something like that happened, here comes another six months of me being caught up in it, you know. Now I got to deal with it because, you know, because I went and did it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. That, that, that can't be good with the label. I know the label going to have some talks with you about stuff like that. I, I just know that that situation would have to be a sit down like Vic. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, the thing is, man, not really, man. You know, I mean, you know, Hove gave me good advice in that in that one scenario, um, and in many scenarios. But like, like I said, man, I I have not really. It's funny because I grew up being like the youngest underneath, like all my big homies. You know, from mm -hmm. Dave, Jeff, from Fly, and Mick, and Brian, Sir, and Madam, and you know, just a lot of guys from the city and Sharif and. All my big homies, but once I got into the into the game, into the industry, I just was like, you know, moving so fast that I didn't I didn't have no I didn't have no big homie really I didn't really have big homies coming to talk to me or like you know any of my guys like older that I respected you know in time being like hey. Let's check. Let's check this out before you motherfucker go any more. <laughs> well, you go any further off the deep end. We should talk about this. I mm -hmm. I didn't have that, you know, um, and you know, so I was so I was moving real reckless. You know what I mean? And you know, it'd be times when you know I, I you said talk to the label. I remember I was on tour, and I actually, I put this shit in in some music before, so it's not like, but uh, but uh, I was on tour with Hove and. 
I was on tour with Hov. I had a studio on my bus. I was working on a studio on my bus. And um, I got a little frustrated with something, you know, started drinking. Guru had a DJ set down the way. It was our first night in Toronto. And so I go to the DJ set, to the club where he DJing. We in the corner, man. You know what I mean? We chilling. It's only a couple people I know in there. It's like Lawrence from 1500, Guru's DJing, maybe one more of the brothers from 1500. That's about it. White chick with some pink hair gives me some weed. Now I'm off the motherfucking Henny Ducey and some weed. Then somebody gives me a bottle of Ace of Spades. So now I'm getting loose, you know? I'm, I'm loose. I'm staying in the corner though, because I'm like, this is a full club full of people I do not know, you know? Mm-hmm. I see my, my manager at the time and surrounded by mad people I don't know. And the thought occurs to me like, what what's he doing with all them? You know, uh, why he around all those people? Next thing I know, the man looking at me, he like Vic. You know, so I'm like, damn, what's going on? But I got the bottle of Ace of Spades in my hand as we speaking. You know, so I'm I'm like I go down down there. I'm trying to see what's up. People breaking shit up, pulling us apart from something that I I don't even know what's going on. I'm literally just trying to get to my homie to figure out what the situation is. Um, and, uh, you know, I, find, I get to him and the man, like, <laughs> he was like, man, uh, man, these niggas just, they just choked me. Not niggas because he was a white guy, but, you know, he was like, <laughs> they just choked me and, and dragged me out, out the club, you know. And he was like, and they not even security. <laughs> and so I'm like, who? Who did it? Oh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, he like, that nigga right there. <laughs> the nigga standing next to me, you know? What? You know what I mean? Like, some Italian, you know what I mean? He like, the nigga standing next to me. I got the ace of spades in my hand. I'm already turned, you know? So so I, I lash out, crash him with the ace, you know what I mean? Hit him again. It's a whole thing going on. Somebody dragged me up out of here. The man come out looking like Freddy Krueger. Somebody carrying some some shit. I, I'm like, man, I'm out of here on y'all niggas. I'm Damn. You know, so I did hear from the label like <laughs> about that. They was like, come on, fam. <laughs> like, <laughs> what, what are you doing? You know, but the thing was, as I look back, you know, as I look back at the shit, all, all those things are really just me. Um, expressing frustration in in one way or another you know what i mean mm-hmm. I, you know i've always dealt with mental health fucking problems and depression and shit like that far before i ever did music um you know and you know at the, at that time i was like i think i felt like you know i'm on the biggest fucking rap tour in the world but i felt like people wasn't really showing my album the autobiography the love i felt like it deserved Classics. you know what i mean i was upset i'm mad and i'm already i'm already turn i'm already a hot boy you know what I mean? So I so I would always like I would I would um I would externalize and lash out in different ways, act out in different ways, um, to like kind of get past or deal with whatever pain um I was feeling. You know what I'm saying? But in being young, you don't think about the fact that, oh, I do this, it's gonna have these consequences. Now what if I could never go you know, back to that country, that'd be fucked up. Yeah. I hope they don't watch this interview. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> that'd be fucked up. You know, it cost me money. Them niggas ended up actually being the mob. Wow. You know what I mean? So I found that out the next day. Oh. Allegedly. <laughs> oh, that shit happened allegedly. It wasn't big. It was a lookalike. 
Hell no. It, 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 was a, it was definitely a lookalike with some, <laughs> with some dreads. <laughs> I don't got dreads, so it couldn't right. have been. Right. Couldn't have been. But um, you spoke on mental health and you spoke on the autobiography. Like, that's one of my favorite albums by you, even the. Um, Damn, this shit slipped my mind. Oh, right now. The project right you, before. The project right before. Yeah, the manuscript. Yeah, that's, the that's low key. Yeah, that was With like, New Bay and 16 Shots. Oh, no, that's, um, that's, there's a lot going on. Yeah, yeah there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, even the manuscript, that was a good one too. There's a lot going on. That, that, I love that shit though. That's, that song, there's a lot going on. That shit was, yeah. that's a crazy song. It's hard to write songs like that, but easy, but like, it takes a lot of work leading up to it. Like when I, when I wrote that song, you know, because it's a long story. It's like fucking four minutes, just straight, like straight pain. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But it, it was one of those serendipitous, um, just like special moments in that I'm I'm telling this long story, but it's like I'm a channel at this point in time. So it's coming out of me real ill, you know, full of wordplay and metaphors and all type of ill shit. But I'm really telling a wild story, though. Um and it and it came real it came real quick so quick I had to act, it was so many words I had to write it down I usually don't write shit down but I was like I'm gonna have to write this down um, but those things for me I got to do a lot of work to get to that point I got to be like constantly constantly writing and like I write so many things that I throw away you know what I mean mm-hmm. and people will never hear um, just because I'm like always trying to. Uh, you know, always trying to just channel it, always trying to catch something. You know what I'm saying? No, that that project and that everything about that that was like when I I want to say because that's the one shirt off bullet holes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was you actually when I was intern when I first started working at Power ninety two. You came and de- debuted that joint with DJ Ferris. I remember that. I oh, was dope! In, I was actually recorded the interview. Uh, oh, out south, right? Yep. Shout out to Ferris, man. Ferris is a turnt. Legend. That's my boy, man. That's big bro. Like, yeah. like Big bro, a real legend. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, I, I'm actually getting him in here next week. We gotta talk with up. He dropping music. That's cold. Yeah. So, so we gotta unpack some shit. Yeah. Um But before I go into this question, I gotta give your flowers. The autobiography is a classic to me. Oh, thank you, man. Um I get with when you first dropped that project, you were saying like how hip hop it was, it's gonna be one of those joints people are gonna go back to like reasonable doubt. Right. I'm a fan, but I watched the interview when you, real time you did this at the Breakfast Club. Mm. Um it's definitely one of them. You know what I'm saying? Memories on 47th Street. I love that. I love that record. I mean, because you had memories on 47th Street. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Damn, so you, yeah, so you basically, you from the 7, really. You from 45th, you from the 7. Yeah. Went shopping with the pappies right there. First liquor store. JB's, JB's. down the way, all that. I was, I remember being over there like, JB's and them putting red monkey shorts and jeans on layaway and shit like that, man. The collection on 47. Yeah, Dreadman though. Yo. Yeah, what was now Dreadman was was he Shoe Avenue? It was Shoe Avenue, I think it's newer, right? No, it was remember Alright, so anybody that's y'all listening, if y'all ain't from the crib, this is this is why I love interviewing Chicago people, right? <laughs> so on the seven, it's forty seven. Like it used to be on the by Green Line, so nothing but a bunch of stores. Like if you from the from Chicago back in the day, we didn't go to malls. We went downtown. Like if you wanted to jump fresh, we went on forty seven. Had everything you need right there. Um, but yeah, like Dread Man, and them he had the little spot. I just know I used to get my mics early from Dread Man. I ain't mm. this whole little raffle standing in line shit. I tell people all right. the time. Like when I was in high school, G, 
I went two days before. Mike's was 130. I gave him 135, 140, 150, depending on how exclusive mm. it was. Mm. I got my shit early. Fuck around, got Valid. two back. You know Valid. what I'm saying? But yeah, we like the that. V suit jeans. All that shit. All that shit. A lot of LRG. I, I mean, I'm. I, Dog, I wear a fucking size 31 or 32 now. When I, but when I was that age, I was wearing a size 36 pants. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like 12 years old. Um, outside of reminiscing on um, just classic being from the hood, um, you just spoke on mental health. Uh, and then depression and shit like that, too. I, I, that's something that I dealt with. And I know a lot of like trauma and shit. That shit that all black men deal with you know it's especially yeah and women i'm sorry like we deal with that shit especially in chicago i feel like it's a different type of trauma um do you feel that in a lot of us we felt like it came out of you around the time when you did the uh the three years sober video like we was like yo we we like yo something's wrong with it we got to get our brother back (laughs) like like you gotta explain that because it was two things going through my mind it's like yo Hollywood is getting to his ass like he's really stressed the fuck out over this excess Christian shit. Or this is like, you know, they say they got to dismask, you know what I'm saying, a black man and make him go on a dress. So he, get, like, black man, man, yeah. so he can go to that next level. Either one, I'm like, man, fuck what they doing nah, to the man. Nah, you know, I was, I, was, I was just on some crazy shit. I ain't gonna lie. I was on some crazy, like, rock and roll, punk rock shit. I was like, what's the most punk rock shit I could do? Oh, people gonna be mad about this, you know? And it, and it's funny, because I was thinking about it. I'm like, man, don't nobody get that motherfucking mad when, uh, you know, Eminem or something, or Tyler the Creator or some shit, you know what I mean? But I was really, uh, I was lost in the sauce. <laughs> like... Hey, I, I I saw it, brother, and just as a as a brother of yours, man, don't do that shit again. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta be thorough with you. Don't do that shit. You thought again. he was in a second place? <laughs> no, what the fuck I'm gonna do it again for? I already did it. Like, <laughs> right? Like, like, like he his lesson. You you like you you don't like. Now they mad at Cuddy right now because Cuddy just went on there. The Kurt Cobain. Like Cuddy can do that shit. Though. Cuddy just went. This. See what's the difference though? You and Vic Mensah, bro. <laughs> That's a difference. Like you, I don't. See, this is what the thing is. It's like, no niggas was mad at me. At you home. don't know my, who you my, do. You know who my, he is. Motherfuckers wanted to fight me. I ain't gonna lie. I got back. I got back. My big, my big bro was trying to fight me. He was like, "Bro, I'm, I, I fight your ass." <laughs> no, nah, that's when you need your guys from in the crib, man. With your goof ass. Oh yeah, nobody that, that I knew for a long time involved in that at all, man. Hey, LA is a crazy place. <laughs> <laughs> Man, well, I'm glad you're back, brother. I'm glad you're back. Um, you know, we unpacked the mental health. We unpacked your early days. Um, we impacted the music. Um, a real key pivotal part of you that I think we need to unpack and just touch on that I want to touch on is like I say when I say you're a Vic Messi, you know how powerful you are, right? Being a um. This is what I'm saying. I went to I went to King, but I can't talk for shit. Um, you're I don't want to call you not a politician. Uh, I guess are you an activist? You, you, would you would you classify yourself as being an activist? You know, I let people classify that for me, but I feel that uh, I'm somebody that makes change. You know what I mean? And somebody that tells the truth above all. It's like I don't cl- classify myself as an activist, but I do. Um, dedicate myself to activism in many ways, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and even before 
I did the things that people recognize as being activism. It's like that was always a part of my music ever since I started rapping. Mm. You know, I was always telling those stories. So it's just as I grew up, I started to tell those stories and make them into real life. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, I remember like 2016, around 2016, people being like, you know, when I did 16 shots shit about Laquan, and I remember people's, uh, some people being like, you know, why, why are you so mad? You know what I mean? Why, why is, why are you so upset? What's, you know what I mean? Ain't you just living a good rapper life? Um, and, you know, fast forward to the year 2020 and that shit go down like that. And I'm like, nigga, this fuck I've been talking about the whole time. You know what I mean? This is what I was saying the entire time. Um, but you know, on the, on the, on the subject of power and the idea of power, you know, there was there was something that happened recently that I speak about in the eye tape, you know, where I was able to help my man Musa, who um I write the song Musa about. Yeah. You know, he was locked up, sentenced to twenty five years when he was fourteen. And when the pandemic began, um, I was able to help his clemency get in front of the governor's desk and he came home twelve years early. Mm-hmm. That was something that shifted my idea about power and about uh, and belief and faith. You know what I mean? It made me realize that I got to have the strength um, and the foresight to have faith in the shit that I can't see. You know what I mean? Because I do have the power to create. You know what I mean? Um, and and to, to shift and to move things. That, that, w- that was a wake up call for me because I was like, damn, you know? Damn, I've been putting some energy in this direction to see, you know, something like that happen. I don't know that I ever before had ever been involved in something that could directly impact somebody's life in such a drastic way. You know what I mean? Um, and so I have been meditating on um meditating on, you know, my my knowledge of self and also my power of self. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So you see, like we're going to stay on this topic, but you see why, like, we can't have you in a dress, right? Oh, my God, we're still on this. <laughs> no, I was just saying, like, you, I got to let you, I got to, I'm going to give you your flowers, bro, and I'm going to just let you know that, like, some people are symbol of the movement, but you're actually the movement. Like, you don't understand, like, like, I'm a very spiritual person. Like, that's why I always want to, like, like, I wanted to sit and talk to you because I see God in you. You know what I'm saying? There's not too many people that got that. You got it. And I don't know... Because performing activism is real big in Chicago right now. It's a lot of people that's doing shit to clap. You know what I'm saying? And even when I think I text you, um, we was in March on 35th uh, over the pandemic um, by the police station. And you gave a speech and shit. And it was like, I even seen it. You was like, gee, like the whole little press run they had you speaking that whole day. I seen it like, gee, I don't even really think you wanted to do it to the point where you wanted cameras around. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You wanted, like, when you said... You was there. I think you was there. Yeah, I was there. It was like, when you gave that speech, it was like, yo, you said this. It it came from the heart. You know what I'm saying? Was that on 51st or was that on 35th? That was, that was, was the day Yay was here. 35th. Was, that was the uh, defund CPD. Yeah. Out of, uh, CPD out of school. Because I didn't even see you when Yay was there. It's something like, Yay did his whole thing. And then it's like, you was like, you came later that night. We was on 35th. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And he was like, you gave a powerful speech. Last year like, was crazy, dog. I'm like that's somebody. This some this brother right here got. It's a light in him. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I could. It seemed like like shit. I ain't seen nobody genuinely say some shit like that in a minute. And I'm like, yeah, that shit was powerful, bro. Like I don't think like I say. I don't think Vic Mensa sometimes know who Vic Mensa is. I know who I am. 
I'm a Gemini though. That's what you gotta know about me. I do know you're a Gemini. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a Gemini, and you know, with Gemini's, man, um, as, as with anybody else, you know, our, our our process of growth has to be to learn to integrate ourselves. You know what I'm saying? To integrate these different pole or opposites or like extremities of ourself. You know what I mean? So in earlier times, it's like I could be completely on one side of my Gemini thing and do some shit that's out of line with, you know, another side of me. So I'm not completely being, I'm not being completely uh, moving with integrity because I'm not integrated. You know what I mean? And so I've been in a process of, um, yeah, man, you know, learning how to like appreciate those different the the different sides of myself and let them exist as one person, you know what I mean? So I don't have to be all the way this, you know what I mean? I don't have to be all the way that. I can find a way to to have middle ground, you know what I'm saying? So things make sense cuz it might may look to people sometimes like, "Oh, what's going on with him? Does he even does he even understand himself?" and it'd be like, "Yes, it's just that my nature as a Gemini mm. is is kind of batshit crazy and <laughs> can be very polar opposite and polarizing. And Kanye and Gemini? Kanye and Tupac Kanye and Gemini. Yeah, three stacks, you know what I mean? Andre 3000 in the airport playing flutes and shit. Can't nobody rap like them. Yeah. I mean, I'm a cancer, so we like right after y'all, so we like, no, we know how to, cancers. we know how to, cancers. we be that voice yeah. of reason for Gemini's. For real, <laughs> actually. In real life. Because we're calm. It's yeah, like my I, mama cancer, you know what I mean? Some of my closest friends been yeah. cancer. So, yeah, it's like, but yeah, it's like you you powerful. And it, and, it, and it goes back to what you said. It's two sides, right? It goes back to the statement we said earlier. It's two sides of the shot. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, as you figure, like, learning how to channel Vic, I'm pretty sure it's going to come to, like, I know how to channel this side so and this side. That's what I'm saying. I feel like we got to bring those sides together, too. You know what I'm saying? Um, because... Um, the, the the potential with unity is like, it's so great. You know what I mean? Like I had a concept that I, I still want to actualize um, at some point in time. Um, I want to see what Chicago would look like. Summertime Chicago, if we had a mass employment campaign, you know what I mean? Where mm. we had hundreds of thousands, 100, 200,000, kids between like just young niggas between the age of 14 and 24 you know that had real summer jobs that was getting paid in the summer you know what i mean i would love to see how that might impact um the violence in the summertime and how crazy shit is because a lot of things um a lot of things come out of desperation boredom just lack of opportunity the fact that niggas is in the same area on the same blocks where things have happened and they don't have shit else to do but be there, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I also have peeped game that when you look at unemployment <clears throat> in different communities, from white communities and rural Appalachia, you know, hillbilly shit that have similar unemployment levels to our hoods, the crime rates and the violence are very similar. When Once you put unemployment on the same level across communities, the violence and the crime is very similar. Um, and so I would love to get people from that other side of Chicago, you know what I mean? Getting, you know, getting Herb and Dirk and people like 
Lil Zay Osama and you know what I mean, motherfuckers together to push an idea, um, to push an awareness campaign of like a a, a huge employment thing for shorties. Whereas mm. kids in the summertime could actually be getting money, they could take their girl to the mall, to the to the show, you know what I mean? They could buy the mics and they don't have to be, you know, small time trapping for it. Cause this shit be man, niggas be doing this shit for zero dollars, man. I got Guys, it's like, boy, you still on the same block, steady coming in and out. You know what I mean? All doing this, that, and the third, and the money ain't even really coming from. It. It's not even really profitable. You know what I mean? Like, if you was to be doing something else, you and saving bread, you could have completely surpassed where you are right now. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But you just keep doing the same thing because that's what you feel like is available to you. Right. We definitely gonna have to chop it up off mic because I have a non for profit just like that in the works that's gonna be workforce management and it's gonna be reaching out to a lot of guys using hip hop to do that shit. So we're about to chop it up about that. Right. I wanna um touch on your thoughts about the young lady and just we talk about Chicago and the mm. violence. The um the young lady, Miss Adams, that was killed, seven year old in McDonald's. Yeah. Um it's one thing for us to for us to we say like we police reform and defunding police, police killing us. Mm. Um, but then it's a different type of feeling when shit like that happens to us, us against ourselves. Like, well, what do you think we can do to end this dumb shit? Mm. Man, end it. Um. Cause we talk about the film ball shit, right? Now you gotta, I'm gonna make this shit connect right when I when I brought that shit up early because I know you was raised and how you come you come from OGs you know what I'm saying OGs bring you around and you if you raised by a bunch of OGs showing you the game showing you the rope you know that a lot of shit that these people are doing is not right mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? ain't no really ain't no big homie shit going on right. these days you know um man I I think that it's all in the youth you know what I mean um and it's all in the next generation and us really creating. Uh, and, and so it's tragic when the youth and the next generation end up being the victim of our current fucked up system. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think that it, the way that we really change and impact shit is is by, you know, by by touching those kids, man, and and, have, and, and, change, and showing them something bigger and different. Um, Cause a lot of this revenge shit, you know, that's happening is is gonna play itself out most likely. You know what I mean? I can't say I, I don't know how to stop it. I don't think that the answer is, uh, you know, tougher sentencing or more police or something like that. Because that's how we get here in the first place. We we get here because it's like you got generations on generations of young niggas that have been raised with no fathers with you know what I mean it's like uh what's the what's the, Lord of the Flies, you know what I mean? A situation with just a bunch of a bunch of boys like cr- creating their own world, you know what I'm saying? Creating their own society. It's like and I think when you go into it and you look at the design of this shit, how Chicago was this experiment for public housing, you know, and put in poor black people all in one place so they don't move into these other neighborhoods and redlining them and putting on on top of each other and Cabrini Green and Robert Taylor and Ida B. Wells and the Ickies, you know what I'm saying? And then once you have kind of created this monster out of the seeking of some type of convenience, 
Then you realize, oh, this shit ain't working. Tear the shit down and send them everywhere. And you end up with this shit. You know what I mean? In many ways, it's like, motherfuckers look at Chicago just as right now and be like, you know, this shit is insane, but you gotta put, you gotta give an idea to how it got this way. Um, and there'll never be justification for, you know what I'm saying? The the shooting of a seven year old girl, man, this shit is sick. It's it's fucking disgusting. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what you do shit. with with the motherfucker that did that. You know what I mean? I know if it was my little sister, I know what would happen. You know what I'm saying? Um, but does that does that even help anything? I don't know the answer for that. That keeps the cycle going. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel like uh, would you be? Because I, I see a lot of people who criticize the police. I see a lot of people uh, go call out the mayor for all the shit she's been doing and how she's right. been utilizing funds. Would you be opposed to, or do you think it's a better route instead of calling them out on their shit? Or figure, would you sit down and work with them? Get some of that funding? Get some of it and use it towards what you want to do? No, not me particularly. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't be the one to work with the police because, um, man, the thing is, is that it's a completely corroded, corrupt system from top to bottom. So, it's not so much that I'm concerned with the goodness or badness of the individual people. Yeah. It's that the entire idea and the way that it's been structured, <clears throat> policing from the union and their immunity against all laws, you know what I'm saying? Um, the, the, their right to kill with impunity, their history as Ku Klux Klan and slave catchers, the, the entire idea of policing is just is is broken in America. So rather than me taking any time to try to sit down and work with them, and I know some people that I respect that do that, you know what I mean? But for me, rather than taking the time to sit down and work with them, I'm saying these niggas ain't making shit better. Take the money away from them and put it into the things that really create public safety. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not police that, that make a community safe. It's education. You know what I mean? It's access to affordable housing. Um, it's health care. You know what I mean? These are the things that actually make communities safe. So I ain't trying to take no time to... I say take some of that budget, though. Take some of that budget away from them. You know what I mean? But Lori too deep in with the police. She is the police. You know what I mean? I'm about she, to say that. <laughs> she is the motherfucking police. And, you know, it's so, so you know, it's... it's it's all fucked up, you know. And then, you know, these Chicago police is a. This is like one of, one of the large. This is the second largest police force in the nation. They don't get it fucked up, man. They're, they're extremely powerful. They're extremely racist um, because that is the nature of police departments, policing in, in America. You know what I mean? That's just what it is. Look at them niggas in their press conferences. You can tell folks say that's a racist. The FOP nigga and these. I, I be telling people sometimes, yo. Chicago's so funny because I go a whole year not see no white supremacists in Chicago until the protests start back again and the police is out here deep. You know what I mean? It's like, and, I, and I'm like, oh, you look like a white supremacist. I, I ain't even seen nobody like you in Chicago in, 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 in a year. Like, <laughs> no, that's facts, though. Since the last yeah. time, I'm like, I ain't even seen y'all outside. Y'all only come outside when you're in uniform. The white supremacists don't even really, at least where we be at, yeah. right. I don't see them come around. I don't see them that much, you know what I mean, till they're in uniform. And then I'm like, you clearly one of them white supremacists, though. Mm. 
That's mm. right. Root causes. Mm. Got to get to the root causes. I think this was uh, an amazing conversation. Um, I got two questions that I need to end with that I, I'll be satisfied with this first conversation because I feel like me. Yeah, let's let it roll then. Um, the focus camera, as long as that camera good on him, we good. Um, the, the questions, two questions I need answers, right? Um, do they say nigga in Ghana and South Africa? <laughs> yeah, they do. They do. In <laughs> South Africa, they be like, I, I say, uh, like nigga. They're like kind of with a British type of accent. <laughs> but then in Ghana, they say it like in a broken, like, you know, pigeon English, you know what I mean? Good to see you, my nigga. <laughs> like, that's a terrible accent. Somebody gonna see that and be mad at me. But they do say nigga though. Wow. To each other or to Americans? Um, young people would probably say it to each other. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's funny because I was there recently and uh, I had a thought, you know, when I was in South Africa and I was at a restaurant, you know, and I saw some women. It was, it was Nando's because Nando's is actually from South Africa. Mm-hmm. So I saw some women, um, and you know, they, they had their little music play, they were playing in there. They was working at the restaurant, you know, they had their heads wrapped up, you know, and um, and the thought that went through my mind was like, man, they remind they remind me so much of of niggas from where I'm from. And then I thought about that, and I was like, wait, I'm in Africa. These ain't niggas to begin with, you know what I mean? But I'm so conditioned mm. in the idea of nigga, you know what I mean? That, you know, um, I'm looking at everybody like that when it's like, I don't know. The 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 the, the shit is deep. You know what I'm saying? Like the conditioning to be like stuck in a, in a nigga mindset, you know what I'm saying? When it's like really we just people, you know what I mean? And and actually, before everything, we are African people. You know what I mean? We a couple, you know, in our separate individualities, removed in different ways. I got my mother. You know what I mean? I don't know you guys' family background. You know what I mean? But you probably got a couple hundred years between it. But we just Africans. You know what I'm saying? Before being niggas or anything like that. You know what I mean? Well, first of all, we're human beings, and then we Africans, and then I guess if we want to define ourselves as that, we niggas. I love the word niggas. I say it a lot, you know. Thanks. <laughs> and I don't know what's right and what's wrong, you know. I don't know what I don't know if I don't know how to feel about that Kyrie shit, you know, where he was he was mad because the man, you know, so looked at him and said, "Damn, nigga," you know. He said, "I ain't no." I don't know. I can't call it. Personally, I don't. I don't. I can't. I'm. I'm going away from it. I, I fight my friends all You're the time. You're moving away from it? Yeah. And I respect that. I can't be it. I respect that because at the end of the day, I know I know the truth. You know what I mean? You know the truth. Man, we ain't no niggas, man. You yeah. know what I mean? What that really comes from, we ain't no niggas, but it's just as fun to say. <laughs> See, I feel you. It's like we grew up. It's like to me with the bitch word, right? And I get hell for this all the time. It's like when I was growing up, you called another man a bitch, you throwing hands. Every time. Now they play with that shit, especially in hip hop. Like y'all play with that shit. Y'all rap. I ain't gonna say y'all because you know to get defensive, but rappers play with that shit. Homies, little young people, young dudes play with that shit. Like, what you doing, bitch? Or calling the other guys a bitch and they be like, I ain't never heard that one. What? You can't. I be calling my guys a bitch. What? Yeah, see? All right. 
And I'm you, like, pick up the phone, bitch. Like, see, if I call my brother right now and be like, what you doing, bitch? He, gonna first, he ain't never gonna ask the person. He ain't gonna be like, who the fuck is you talking? Man, who's gonna go at it for about three? You know what I'm saying? And I, my my cousin locked up right now. You know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna really say his name because I'm gonna call it no controversy, but he doing, mur- you know what I'm saying, for a murder. And when I went to go see him, I'm, t- I'm talking to him. I've been around these new age motherfuckers so much. And I'm like, man, Going with that bitch. I called, I said, man, get your bitch ass out of here. And I said that shit while he was in jail. Mm-hmm. He, first thing he said to me, like, he said, call me a bitch again, I'm knocking your ass the fuck out. I'm like, folks in jail. Like, he was like, I'm already in there. <laughs> and he said it's so smooth, too, so I got to get it. So he did just like that. Like, yo, call me a bitch again, I'm knocking you the fuck out. And then with the conversation, and it was just that alone that made me realize, like, you know what? You know what I'm saying? But yeah. But yeah, that's a good answer on the N word. And the last question that I that I that I need to answer is you talk you spoke on it, but you you didn't even elaborate on it. When you was going through your whole situation after the black the black ball and then the existential and the mental health, what was that advice that Jay Z gave you? Oh, he told me, um, "Would you rather be right or in the loving?" Because I was so concerned with being right, you know. I was like, "Where did I lie?" You know, mm-hmm. I was like, right, print out the lyrics, you know, where did I lie? What, what did I say that wasn't true? Um, and he was like, yeah, but would you rather be right, you know, or or in the loving? And um, that that was all he said. And it was profound to me. Mm. I like that question. And I was Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. <laughs> 